Okay, Boker Tov. <coughs> Today's daf is daf Kuftes im Sochem. Daf Kuftes im Sochem, again, we learned for four Shlema for Tovim Yerim Bastvor Mindel. Tanra Bonav, we're about ten lines down on the page. Tanra Bonav, Chayi Bonav, Masameach Bonav, Ubenei Beisel Beregel. A person is, is, uh, is um, required to uh, make sure that his family is happy and they rejoice on each and every yantif. This goes for all the regalim. Shenemar, the Pesach says, V'samachta b'chagecha. You should be happy on your holidays. How do you make them happy? Bayayin. So the Tanakhama says wine. We've been discussing about the wine and the arbacosos and the revias. So the way you make people happy is by drinking wine. That makes them feel good. That's Rabbiudo. Rabbiudo says, well, it depends. Anashim b'roi lahem, men which you give something which is fitting for them. Anashim b'roi lahem, and women which is fitting for women. Anashim b'roi lahem b'yayin, men you make happy with wine. Anashim b'mai, how would you make your wife, if you come home with a bottle of wine for Yontif, I'm not so sure that, that she's going to be happy with that. So Anashim b'mai, how are, how are you... Uh, how do you make the women happy? Tani Rabbi Yosef, Bavel, it depends. In Bavel, the big day and they wear colored garments. They like colored garments. You make her happy with that. Eretz Yisrael, the big day Pishtun, the Goatzen. In Eretz Yisrael, they have linen, uh, ironed, uh, nice iron garments. So either a garment or jewelry or something of that sort, whatever is going to be Mesameachu, and it depends on the, obviously depends on the locale and, and the uh, times and what makes them happy. So that's important to make your, your family happy. Tanya, when the base of Migdash existed, the only way to properly rejoice was with meat. As the Torah says, this, in other words, you have to make yourself happy, and eating meat makes people happy, gives them a good feeling. The Pasuk tells us this, you should slaughter the peace offerings, and eat there, and therefore, thereby you will be happy before before your God. So when the base of was around, eating meat, especially kochim, was what made person happy. Now that, unfortunately, there's no base of the only simcha that we have is for man at least is with wine. Wine will make the heart of men happy. The uh, Rav Biederman this week mentioned a very nice word. I've forgotten whose name he said it. But, you know, we say every day, we talk about What are shlomim? For those who remember, we learned kachim. Shlomim are kachim kalim. As we say each day in, uh, in um, Ezo Makoman, which we say karbonos in the morning. What do we say there? We say in Mishnah Zion, shlomim kachim kalim. Shlomim are kachim kalim. You could check them anywhere. And you have a dumb and tone, but goes through the whole procedure of how it's done. Shlomo eaten for two days and a night, eaten by, uh, <clears throat> it's eaten by Kohanim, uh, it's Elishamur, uh, the, the, uh, the, the matanos that are, the specific matanos that are given from the, uh, from any carbon shlomim, or the chazav ashok, that's given to the Kohanim and their families. But the main part of the carbon can be eaten by the person bringing it, even uh, non Kohen. So it says there, shlomim are kachim kalim, right? So when you're alone, when you bring your own carbon, it's kachim kalim. But two, two Mishnahis prior to that, what did it say? It said, Mishnahay zivchei shalmei tzibur, v'ashamos eilu and ashamos. So it says, shalmei tzibur, what are those? 
That's Kotche Kotchim, right? Because here we're talking about Kotche Kotchim, so he mentions what Kotche Kotchim, Chatos, and Ola, and Zivchei Shalitziv Hashemus, they're also Kotche Kotchim. And that's when you do something B'tzibor, that makes it holy. So when we, we, we learn the Daf B'tzibor, we Daven B'tzibor, all things that are done with a Tzibor, with a Minyan, with a Tzibor, that makes it holy. So if you do something by yourself, that's good, that's Kotchim Kalim. When you do something B'tzibor, it's Kotche Kotchim. Okay, in any case, uh, the, 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 we say over here that if you have if you have the opportunity to eat meat, we say simcha ain simcha al right? Now that there's no base amigdash, it's mashma from this shita that it's not like we say ain simcha al babasar It's mashma that there's no bus. Even the busser today doesn't is not like kachim busser, which makes us more happy. So the, all, all we have left today is wine. Amar um, Yitzchak. So we talked yesterday and previous times about the coast. The minimum requirement for kosher bracha is a revius halog which we said is anywhere from, let's say, 70 uh, cc to up to 150 cc, depending on the shita, but you need a revius halog. Okay, Amr of Yitzchak. Yitzchak said that, how do we measure that today? How do we know how to measure that today? So Rav Yitzchak said that Kasta de Moraisa, there was a certain measure in David Tzipor, in the town of Tzipor in Eretz Israel, in northern Israel, where there was this uh, measure that they measured out brine with that, the, the, fish, uh, the fish brine, they use that for measuring. He says that that particular measure, bitzipori. Uh, he have us come in loga the makacha. That's like the log in the base of migdash. That's like the log in the that that amount is like the log in the base of migdash. And from there we know uh, that's that's the log. And therefore we know that a revius is a, approximately one quarter of that. pesach, and that's how we figure out how to have the four kosos on pesach, and presumably for all year round for Shabbos, also for kiddush. They, they use that uh, to figure out the revius because uh, that measure was a full log and, and the revius would be a quarter of that. Um, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan gave a different example. He says, kadmaisa betferia. In Tveria, they had an, a measure, an ancient one, an earlier one, kadmaisa, an earlier one, an earlier tamaisa, that was the name of the measure. The earlier, the ancient one, havasyasera alda riva. The, the ancient one was, uh, was a quarter of a log this was, this was the tradition that they had. It was a quarter of log greater than Alda, than the current one. In other words, they had an ancient, like we have, uh, uh, you have, you have an ancient silver dollar and a current silver dollar, with different amounts of silver in it, right? We had an ancient shekel and a current shekel. So they had an ancient measure called the Timnaisa, and that was a revius more than the current one. Uba Mesharim Revius Pesach, and that's how they figured out Revius Pesach in Tferia. How? Because they would have, they had an example of the old one. They had a sample of the old one. They would fill that up, and then fill up the newer one, which was a which was a Revius less. And then what was ever left in the ancient one that was the Revius. That's how they used to measure it there. That's where they knew what Revius was. So these were all nice measures. If you have those those measures, or they had traditions that that was the Revius. But what, what happens if we don't uh, have those measures today? How do you know how much a revius is? So the Gemara of Rav Chista tells us this halacha. Om Rav Chista. Revius shel Torah, the revius in the Torah, and we're talking about revius alog. Tosus brings down that, uh, he brings down that Rashi brought down with the revius, stam revius means a revius, that stam revius is a revius akav, and that's totally different because akav is much larger, it's four times the size of a, uh, of a log. So that's a whole different ballgame. And here we're talking about Revius Halog, so it's hard to understand what he means by that, uh, what Rashi means. But Tosas proves from here that we're talking about Revius Halog. So Stam Revius means Revius Halog. So Revius Shal Torah, how much is that? 
So he says, you know what it is? It's two finger breaths, atzba'ayim, two finger breaths. Alatzba'ayim, by two, that gives you the area, two by two finger breaths. Barom atzba'ayim, with a, with a height of two fingers. Again, fingers, when I say fingers, I mean finger breaths, the breadth of a finger or the breadth of a thumb, really. V'chatzi etzba, plus a half, v'chomash etzba. So here we get it, we're going to get into the charts that I distributed yesterday. Okay, if you, if you didn't get one and you still want to get one, if you're learning this today, again, drop me an email to afriam.schreibman at gmail and I'll send you the chart. It's a very simple, it's not, it's not that complicated. It's, uh, <clears throat> what are we looking at? We're saying is that the, it's two finger breaths. Again, a finger breath, so according to Rashi, Rashi has the gears of Baravrasa over here, right? Uh, after the word, He learns that the, we're talking about the width of the finger, of the thumb. The thumb is four of those in a, um, in a, um, a, 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 one tefach, which is normally like a fist. He learns that that's four f- uh, thumb breaths. Okay, but in any case, when I say fingers, I mean finger breaths. So what, what does he mean? He says, you know how much Ravius is? Very simple. It's two fingers by two fingers by two <coughs> and a half and another fifth. So in our numbers in the decimal system, you'd say, the last one, the height is 2.5 plus another fifth, which is 0.2. 0.5 and 0.2 is 0.7, right? And therefore, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with 2 times 2 times 2.7, which is the first item mentioned on my chart. 2 times 2 times 2.7, which is 10.8. You just do the math. 2 times 2 times 2.7, take out a calculator. That's 10 by 10, 10.8 cubic fingers. Finger breaths, I mean. And that's what the Gemara says is a revius. That's a revius alok. So that's our Kabbalah. Now, all the measures in the Torah, we had the Gemara in Sukkot, the Gemara in Erevin, we had that before. The Gemara there says that shiurin chatzitzin umachitzos has Allah lamash misinai. All these shiurim of kav and log, etc., these are Allah lamash misinai. How do we know that it's revius alok? How do we know it's revius alok? Because the Torah tells us that's all that's all Lachlamash Misinai. This was all given to Lachlamash Misinai. However, if we want to measure it today, how do we measure it? So the way to measure is if you take the average person's thumb breath, which again, how much is that? That's why we have different sheets today and how much the log is. Depends how big the, th- the finger is. So it's not exact. Not like we know today where the standard centimeters or inches or whatever, where you know it's a, it's a world. Uh, it's it's a um, standard that the whole world judges the same way. But again, that's not Torah, centimeters or or, or liters or uh, uh, inches, feet, whatever. Those are all man-made. Those aren't Torah. The log, it's a, the log, and all the measures that we talk about the Gemara are Minatorah, Allah Mosh Misinai. So he says, if you wonder how much that is, that's ten point eight cubic fingers. 10.8 cubic finger, finger breast. That's the Revius Alog. That's what Rav tells us. How does he know that? How did he get that? Where did he get that from? So he says it's based on this. Kiritanya, when a person has to go to the mikvah, the person is tired himself and goes to the mikvah. It says, So number one, Besaro means his all his flesh has to touch the water. Nothing can intervene between his basar and his mind. That's what we know. You go to the mikvah, or a woman goes to the mikvah, a man goes to the mikvah. You can't have anything. Can't have a bandage or any man-made any anything which is not natural on your on your body cannot be uh, cannot intercede between your body and the water. Why? Because it says besaro. Bamaim, it says Bamaim, what is a body of water? Bamei mikvah. That's the drusha that it has to be in a mei mikvah. As called Basar Bamaim, 
What does that mean? That means that you can't take a small mikvah. You know, you can have a small mikvah that's made, let's say, to be matar needles, very tiny. But a, a, about a mikvah which is made for humans, you can't say, okay, I'll put my, it's not very big. I'll put my hand in now, then I'll put my foot in, then I'll put my head in. No, it has to be that the whole body, as his whole body must fit into the water. That's what Mayim brings my mikvah. So it's number one, Mayim teaches it's got to be in a mikvah. Right? The word basaro means the buser has to touch the water. You can't have anything in, in between. Bamaim's got to be a mikvah. Eskol basaro bamaim, that teaches me that the whole body has to be able to be, um, that has to be um, uh, sunk into the water, right? It has to be in, in, in the water, the whole body, enti- the entire body has to be in the water at one point. Shakol gufa olaben, it's got to be a body of water that his whole body can fit into. So that's what it means as kol besoro b'mayim. Shakol gufo, what does it mean? Shakol gufo olobahen. His whole body can fit in. How much can a can an average person's body fit? In? How much? What, what is the body of water that a person can be immersed in? How much is that? How much is that a, that an average person can be immersed? How big does the body of water have to be? The kamahein. How much is that? Amo al amo berum berum shaloshamos. That's also the Lachamosh Misinai. That what's the main mikvah? It has to be a mikvah, a mikvah that the whole body can fit into. And that's an ama by an ama. That's one square ama, but you need the cube. You need the volume for the person to fit in there by three amos. So that is how much? That's three cubic amos. One by one by three is three cubic amos. That's the minimal size for a, for a mikvah. Minimal size for a mikvah. Amma brum shamas. Okay, <clears throat> so that's. What is a soa so far? So the Pusik teaches me you can't have anything interposing between your body and the water. It has to be in a mikvah. It's got to be in a mikvah that the whole body can be immersed in. How much is that? Three amos. That's part of the lachamash b'sina. Ama, ama, ama. Okay. How much is that in, in the usual measures that we have, the measures of saw and kav and things like that, that the Torah gave us? Halachamash b'sina. How much is that? The shiru chacham shiru me mikvah saw. So, so apparently it's mashma that the lachamosh misina was that it's got to be an amma by an amma by three. Three cubic amas is the size of a mikvah. But how much is that? How much is that in our in our measure? Shirachachamim that may mikvahs are bomsah, which already tells us that maybe the amma might be. We have the, the we had before about the amma of Moshe, right? How do they figure an amma? An amma we know is a doraisa, right? It says pasuk says amos, and we know that's a doraisa. But saw maybe that's already a measure that's drabonim, because it says over here shiur me mikvah arboim saw, and the chachamim said, you know what? That th- uh, three cubic amos of water that is the equivalent of forty saw in our measure, like like in the vernacular and in, in the common measure that was used. In the time of the Gemara, that's 40 saw. Okay, how does saw work? So here, let's first deal with the, in the chart, in number two in the chart. Before we even get to the saw, let's deal with the three cubic amas. We said, we're trying to figure out how is it that we know that a revia salog, that's what Rav said, a revia salog is 10.8 fingers, right? 10.8 cubic fingers, finger breadths, but I'm just saying for sure we'll say cubic fingers, okay? How do we know number one? So now we're trying to darshan it. Why? Because we know that the, from the Pusik, we know that a mikveh has to be three cubic amas. Okay, how does amas work? Take a look at chart number two. Each amma is six tfachim. That's also, we have that in the Gemara, we have that based in the Chumash. A tefach is four fingers. So therefore, if an amma is six tefachs and a tefach is four fingers, an amma is 24 finger breaths, right? 24, that's what we say. Therefore, amma is 24, it's both. 
Okay, so if an ama is 24 etzbos in length, we're talking linear measure now. So how much, how many fingers, how many cubic fingers are in a mikvah? If a mikvah is three cubic amas, right? One by one by three. And an ama linearly is 24 fingers. Very simple, because an ama is six tvachim and a tefach is four fingers. So you have 24 linear fingers. So you have to take, how does three amas work? It makes ama by an ama by three. So that would be 24 fingers by 24 fingers by 72, which is three fingers, uh, uh, which, is, which is three amos. That's 24 times three. So it'd be 24 by 24 by 72, which if you take out your calculator, um, or Rick can figure out in his head, 41,472 cubic fingers, right? 41,472. So that's, that's a mikvah. A mikvah is 41,472 cubic fingers, okay? Very simple, very simple, because we just said that a, a mikvah is three amas, and an ama is six tefachim, and every tefach is four fingers. That's 24 fingers to an ama. So if you figure three cubic, you got 24 by 24 by 72 is 41,472 cubic fingers is the amount of a mikvah. Very good. Okay. Now, the rabbi said, yes, but how much water fits in there by our measure? 40 saw. Okay. How is a saw? Like, let's look at number three. A saw is six kav, right? That's how, that's our measures. A saw is six kav. A kav is four log, as we mentioned before. Rashi thought that some revias is revias a kav, but Tosa says no. We're talking about revias a log. Okay, so, uh, so uh, revias a log. So a kav has four log. Again, so there would be 20, how many log in a saw? 24, right? Six kav in a saw, four log in a, in a uh, kav. So there's 24 log in a saw. How many, how many, how many, um, how, how many log then in a mikvah? A mikvah we just said is 40 saw. The rabbi said that, that a three cubic amos is the equivalent of 40 saw. So 40 saw times what? Times 24 times 6 times 4, which is, which is the amount of log in a saw, would be 960 log. We're looking at number three now on my chart. So 960 log is the amount of logs in a mikvah. And how many quarter logs then? Obviously, be four times that. That would be 3,840 revias, revios halog, right? Four, four, 3,840 revias is a log in a mikvah. So now we have two, two equivalent measures. 40, we said in terms of cubic fingers, how many are in a mikvah? 41,472. That was number two. Number three showed us that how many revias are there in a mikvah? 3,840. Therefore, number four, now we skip down to number four, if you divide the number of cubic fingers, 41,472, by the number of viases, you, just, you, can, you, you see from there how many cubic fingers there are in a revias, 10.8. 41,472 divided by 3,840 is exactly 10.8. And that, that tells us, that confirms what Rav Chista said. Rav Chista said, how many, how big is a revias halog? It's 10.8 fingers. Of course, he said it two by two by two and a half plus a thing. The way Rashi and Tosis, all the Rishonim didn't have our math. They just didn't have the decimal system and the Pythagorean theory and all the stuff that we have, all the modern math that we have, the geometry and the mathematics, they just didn't have it. So they did it by sections. They figured out the same thing. It just, it was a long about, you know, they had to take the long route to get to the same thing. With our math, it's very simple. 10.8 cubic fingers. That's what he said. How do you get to 10.8? Because a mikvah is three amos minatora, three cubic amos minatora, and the rabbi said that how much water fits in? 
40 saw, well, 40 saw is the equivalent, as we said, of 3,840 log, uh, uh, Revis is a log, rather, 3,840, and in Amos, that's 41,472 fingers. So therefore, it comes out very simple that uh, if you divide 41,472 by 3,840, you come out with 10.8 uh, cubic fingers is the equivalent of a Revis, and that's exactly what Rafista said. Amar Ravashi, in the third line on, on Amid Beis here, on Kuf Tesem Beis, Amar Ravashi, Amar Li Rabin Bar Shulchan Shemigdash. What about the Shulchan of the Beis Shemigdash? He says, since it was an Amma, in, in its, uh, at least in its length, it was an Amma, so he says, Shal Prakam Havi, it must be that it was detached, it was in detached parts, it was jointed. In other words, you could take it apart. If you say that it was all fastened together, then it was one solid piece. Amsa Amsa How were they tovelet? How were they tovelet? It was made out of metal. It could become tome, and it was covered at least with metal. So how could be tovelet in a mikveh? If the mikveh is only an ama wide, the minimum shear for the mikveh is an ama wide. So an uh, ama by an ama by a height of three. But at the point is to put the opening would be three. The tosis goes into all richas. Why do we get by three? Because it's got to fit a person in there. And a person really could be more than three amos with his head. But without the head, he's three. So Tosa says that the mikvah only has to be three by three because when a person immerses himself in it, he displaces a certain amount of water too. So as long as the sides, the walls of the mikvah are higher than three, let's say up to four, the water won't go out of the mikvah. And as if you had, an, if you had a tub exactly three by uh, one by one by three, and a person exactly was three amas, assuming his uh, clothing, etc., his hands moving around and all that, and he fit in there, and it was exactly big enough for him, so he would displace the water, and the water would come out, and mikvah wouldn't have a, wouldn't have a full mikvah anymore. So talking about the walls are a little bit higher, so when even if he's taller than three amos, if he's taller than three amos, but when he gets into the water, the water will rise and will cover his whole body. Tosas goes into that whole explanation. In any case... Um, so he says uh, 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 that Rabin Barchin told Ravashi that the Shulchan and Beis Mikdash must have been made out of joints, that they could take it apart and be told the parts separately. If it was one piece, how can you be told? You can't fit a one Amma uh, Shulchan, it had to be exact, it had to be full, the full Amma into one, one Amma Mikvah. It doesn't fit in. You can't get the exact thing in the exact. It's got to be a little bit bigger. So how would that work? So it must have been jointed. So he was tovelet in in the Yamshel uh, Shlomo, which which was the the famous uh, big mikvah that Moshe built that held here. If you recall this, I'm just showing the pictures from Erevin. You remember we had the books every day in Erevin? Here's the books from Erevin. Back on Daf Yudala there, we had two different pictures. They had this picture where it was like a total square, the mikvah of Shlomo. And how much did it hold? It held uh, 500... Uh, Five, five, it was 500 amos. It was a tremendous mikvah. Sal held like 150 uh, mikvah towers. had the equivalent of 150. Another picture over here is on this side. If you remember, the top was rounded, the measurements that we talked about in Erevin. But he had a tremendous mikvah. Tosa says again, why, you know, it was that big. It was Mayim Shuvan. How did they fill it? They filled it with Mayim Shuvan with, with regular, you know, tap water. Tap water. You can't make a mikvah from tap water. It's got to be made from rainwater, natural water, or a spring. So he gets a whole rechus over there that it was sitting on stilts and uh, on these, you know, these like uh, animals. Remember, it was built like sitting on 12, uh, uh, the tzura of animals, and it was attached to a spring, so it was natural water. Okay, so it had the equivalent of a mikvah. You know, you see this answer, umatvalei, the Tanur of Chia, Rashi, the Gemara goes on, Tanur of Chia, yam shasa shloma, machzik mei avachamishim mikvatara. It held 
150 mikvah tara. So if a mikvah tara, a normal mikvah tara is three cubic amos, this held 150 of those. So it was like 450, the equivalent of 450 or larger uh, regular mikvahs. So, and I don't understand what the kasha was. You know, the kasha was, we talked about the minimum shear of the mikvah had to be how much minat Torah? It's got to be kol b'sar It's got to be at least one by one, one mama by one mama by three. It's got to hold a person in there. So it's got to be at least three cubic amas. Fine. Okay, so you have a kasha. Uh, how, do they do, how do they do the shulchans? If it was, the shulchan was an ama, how do they fit an ama into an ama? How do they get that in? So number one, I mean, you know, it's very simple. So you had a bigger mikvah. When we said one by one by three, that's the minimal mikvah. Uh, mikvahs could be a little bit bigger too, so maybe they had a bigger one. Like the kasha seems, uh, I, I guess they just want to show, maybe you want to emphasize that they use the Yam Shloma, but it, the kasha seems, uh, doesn't seem like a kasha at all. I don't know how that, uh, what the kasha was. And, you know, you want to prove from over there that it must have been made out of pieces and it was, it was joined together, you know, it was detachable parts. It didn't make, kasha doesn't seem to make so much sense. So the Gemara goes on to say, but this gets into tomorrow's daf about the concept of shadim. You know, people say, I don't believe in shadim. The Ram doesn't believe in shadim. The Gemara is full of shadim. It's all talk about uh, demons. We have this constantly. Whether they exist today or not, who knows? But they certainly existed at the time of the Gemara because we have evidence of that. The Gemara is full of stories about shadim, demons or spirits, and uh, that they, you know, they had some sort of a human surah and they could, people could talk to them and they, um, they hang out at cemeteries. We don't know, whatever. The Gemara deals with it because apparently they did exist. The Gemara says, so there's also a Kabbalah that um, demons exist or they bother you when you do things in pairs. So we hear the question the Gemara is dealing with, how can you have four cups of wine? That's pairs. That can lead to danger. So, how could the Rabbanan give us a takana? Again, we said yesterday that the, uh, that the Arbacosos Whereas matzah is a doraisa, and mar at least maybe with the, I mean, the carbon is doraisa, carbon is doraisa, CPC has some shrimp is doraisa, the abracos is rabban. How can they even attack in something that can lead us to danger? But Tanya lo yochal adam trey, you shouldn't eat things in pairs. Don't have two apples, don't have two oranges, don't have two sandwiches, don't have two. Vloyisha trey, don't have two cups of wine or two cups of coke or whatever. Vloyikanach trey, a person shouldn't wipe himself after the bathroom tray twice. Then don't do anything in pairs. A person shouldn't have bia apparently twice. That's a that what it means. We're gonna we're gonna tomorrow's gonna change that. And the is gonna qualify a lot of these rules. And tomorrow's daf is gonna qualify a lot of this and say there's all these kinds of exceptions. But in any case, you shouldn't do things in two. So how could you here you did things you shouldn't have pairs. So here you have a pair because you have four. Four is a pair, it's two pairs. So that's uh, you've done things in pairs, and that could lead to a sakana. Amr Nachman, Amr Kwa, the famous Paskas, Leil Shimurim, who? Remember, we don't say Kriyashma that night, Kriyashma Al-Mitla. Leil Shimurim. It's a evening of guarding, right? It's, it's guarded for us. Leil HaMashumur Uba It guards us from the Mazikin. That night is, is, Hashem, so to speak, guards us like He guarded us in Mitzrayim. He guards us, Leil HaSeder, from all the demons. So you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about pairs on Leil HaSeder. Normally you do, but you don't normally have to worry about pairs. You don't have to worry about pairs on Leil HaSeder. Rab Amar, very good. When you have things in pairs, so you had the first two, so the, the, so the third one is mitzvah. In other words, normally, you say you shouldn't have things in pairs. So if you had, let's say, two apples or two cups of coffee, have a third cup. You shouldn't do it in pairs. Have a third one. So now it's an, it's an odd number. It's not a, not a pair, and you're okay. So the, first, the uh, third one is mitzvah for good, but it's not mitzvah for ra. Kosher bracha doesn't count. These are all kosher bracha, like, like birkas of muslin or the, birka, or the bracha or the four cups of wine on Leila Seder. That's kosher bracha. 
Uh, Rashi says, Kosher Bachi says, Birchas Hamazon, but he says, it's, Rashi says, Dafka Kosher Bachi Shahu Shlishi. In other words, the third one is Mitzar for good, but it's not Mitzar for bad. In the Lorad A Mitzarf, the last Rashi on the page is Lorad Mitzarf, Ababa Alma Mitzarf, Kagodim Shasa Shnei Kosas, Vuhu Shlishi. So normally it adds up. Ulara Ainu Mitzarf, Kagodim Im Shasa Sholish, Vuhu Ravi. Okay, so, so if, you're, if you're normally, if you'll say, let's say it wasn't Leila Seder. And uh, here he's saying it doesn't make any difference. Like, even without the Pusik of Leil Shimurim, who he's saying like this that if the um, if the Birkas Amazon, the Bracha, the Barpia Guffin that you're making on Birkas Amazon, which is a coast, which is a kosher Bracha, if that was your fourth one, it doesn't ruin it, doesn't make it bad. A kosher Bracha doesn't count, right? It helps to get you out of the situation. Let's say you had two cups of, of wine or of coffee or whatever, you had two cups. Uh, you took of us, and that's the sh- and that's the third one. So that's okay. That that now you've had three, so it counts for that. But it doesn't count for bad. So if you've had three, now normally if you have a, just a fourth cup of something, that would be a an even pair, and that would be a problem with the demons. But for if it's a kosher bracha, it's not mitzvah. That's what Rashi says over here. A kosher bracha shall be a and shehu shlishi is the girsa lura ain't a mitzvah. Avol biyam mitzvah. For good, and that's the third one. So then it does help. Now you've had three. In other words, you can't say that it doesn't count at all. It counts for the third one to make it an odd number, so you don't have to worry about the demons. But it doesn't mitzvah for for bad if you drank three, and this is the fourth one. So here, Rava's answer is is that it doesn't depend on Leila Seder. Even if you didn't have the pasuk of Leil Shimur that on Leila Seder you're guarded. Even if you didn't have that pasuk, Leila Seder says, "Don't worry what you do, Leila Seder. Nothing's gonna, nothing, no harm will befall you on Leila Seder." Rabbi says, "No, even all year round, when it's not your Leila Seder, this isn't a problem because over here the kosher bracha, which is in this case uh, the third bracha, right, is it, the third one is mitzdar for good, not mitzdar for bad. So over here, this is mitzdar for good, and over here, when you have the when you have a total of four cups, the fact is that the kosher bracha here is on the fourth one, but you could count them all as kosher bracha or just say that it's not mitzvah for bad, meaning the third cup that you had on Birkas HaMuslim doesn't count for bad. So effectively, for bad, you've only had three. You've had the first, second, and the fourth one on Leila Seder, and therefore you don't have a problem. So that's Rabba's answer. Another answer, Avina says, The Racham said that you have to have four cups of wine on Leila Seder, uh, like we said, you have to recline, recline on the left side, like we saw yesterday. But when they said they have four cups, you should have all four, but each one is a separate mitzvah to itself. In other words, it's not like you're having four cups of wine. You're having one cup of wine, but you're having them in different periods or different, uh, different purposes. And therefore, it's not like you're not, having, you're not even having two. You're having one, then you're having another one, then you're having another one, then you have another one, as if as if, uh, uh, as if, for example, let's say you had uh, an apple and you only had to have one. And then a half an hour later, you want to have another apple. That's not a pear. You're not eating it in pears. You're eating one. And you change your mind. You're going to have another one later on. So the Gemara now says, Lo of Wait a minute. You shouldn't have bia and you shouldn't cohabit with your wife in, in pears twice. Am I nimlachu? Why is that different? She says, if you change your mind, in other words, it wasn't like you're doing two at a time. They're going to have two twice. You have it once, and then, you know, later on, you have another time. 
So that's that's not considered a pair. What's this problem that you shouldn't have Bia twice with your wife? What do you mean? You're not doing it in pairs. You're doing it. And then later on, it's as if you're changing your mind and, uh, and you know you decide to have another one later on. It's like having another apple later on or another cup of coffee. That's not eating in pairs or drinking in pairs or doing anything in pairs. Um, Rabaya, so Rabaya says, no, 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 you misunderstood the whole Gemara. When it says over here about Bia, Hachikamer, lo yochal trey, and the gears on the side is v'yaset srochav. means this. He's saying that the, the danger will come if you eat, let's say, two apples and then have bia. Or v'lo In other words, when a person uh, is, is, is weakened uh, by the power of the demons because he's done something in a pair, he shouldn't have bia afterwards because that's dangerous. To have bia in a, state, in a weakened state can be harmful to him. Rashi in the top line says, we're not talking about having bia twice. We're having bia even once. You just shouldn't have bia after you've eaten or drunk in pairs. Why? Because maybe he will become weakened. Since he's having bia, after he's been weakened by the pairs, He's going to be very weak, and a misra like misra is like mazel. In other words, when a person is very weak, he's susceptible to uh, to all kinds of of, of issues. Uh, I once said that this is like um, uh, the Gemara says many times, "Dilma cholish umisra mazle." It's like a person. Uh, we talked in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah about you know we do all kinds of simanim in Rosh Hashanah. You eat this, you eat that. Uh, uh, there was a custom that people would, um, uh, would would light a candle on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, or light a candle before they're going to go out on the road. And uh, they left it overnight, and if the candle didn't go out, that's a good simon that uh, he'll be successful, he'll come back alive. So the Gemara gave all kinds of simonim that people do, and the Gemara says, don't do that. Boys and girls, don't try that at home. Why? Because Dilma, Misra Masle, because what is it, Misra Masle? So you could understand it that, oh, if the light went out, uh-oh, he already has a, uh, an intuition, a premonition that something bad is going to happen. And if you have a premonition, if you don't go in with confidence, that could take a happen. In other words, when a person's in a weakened state by the demons, he shouldn't do something which is further going to weaken him because he might, uh, it might actually have a bad effect on him because his, he's weak as it is. Like if we know that if a person's weak physically, he can be weak mentally also and vice versa. If he's weak mentally, that can cause him problems because he loses his confidence and he feels that things aren't going to go right. And, you have a, and, and that can, that, that's what we mean by Isra Maslai, that is Maslai. Here the Gemara doesn't use the word Maslai, but it could be the same thing. Or the, it could just be physical. But it could also be Mr. Maslai that, you know, if he feels bad and he's weak, etc., etc., this can cause, this can lead to problems. The Gemara, so tomorrow's Gemara, we're going to continue on about going on about, uh, about, um, about pairs, you shouldn't have two, uh, two, four, six, eight. Is ten a pair, or how do you get around that? If you if you did uh, eat something in a pair, how do you get around it, or make sure that you don't drink the pairs? Drinking pairs—that's tomorrow's 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 going to deal with that. All right, have a good day, everybody. Be well.